Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are so thankful to have you joining with us today. Come apart before you come apart is how the saying goes. But what if coming apart is what has you coming apart? Wait, what? Well, let's head into the open. In Acts 14.26, the Bible says, And thence they sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Paul and Barnabas returned to their sending church and gathered them together to hear and to relate what God had done in the areas that they had gone to preach the gospel. This is what many people call the first furlough. Furlough is an interesting subject for missionaries. Some just can't wait for it to come and count down the days until they're back in the U.S. For others, furlough is more of a necessary evil that you have to put off as long as possible. In every work, it takes time to figure out who's going to be filling your shoes in the ministry, how to make ends meet while having financial commitments on the field and in the States, and all sorts of logistical headaches that can make furlough very difficult. In today's episode, we're going to talk with Rudy Stembridge of Word for the World New Testament Baptist Missions about furlough ideas and best practices. We're also going to talk with Pastor Chris Wilson of the Carson Memorial Baptist Church about the effect of furlough on supporting pastors and churches. Let's get started. Dr. Rudy Stembridge is the executive director of Word for the World Baptist Missions, where he served in various capacities since its founding in 1980. In his almost 40 years in missions, Brother Stembridge has worked with churches all over the United States and missionaries in all parts of the world. Brother Stembridge, it's so great to have you with us today. Leyland, it's good to be here, and I'm glad to be able to help you with missionaries. I'm ready when you are. Thank you so much, sir. Let me just start off by asking you, you know, a lot of times when missionaries think about the topic of furlough, sometimes it can be more of a necessary evil than really anything else. How should a missionary approach furlough? Well, furlough has always been something that missionaries can either look forward to with anticipation or look forward to with dread. Uh, when you're first getting to the field, you think, oh, I don't need to take a furlough. I've got so much to do. I've, I've got to learn the language. I've got to learn the culture. I've got to win some people to the Lord. I've got to be able to get a church started and planted. I've got to be able to do all of that before I can think about a furlough. That's not wrong in and of itself, but sometimes it takes longer for some people than it takes for others. I mean, some people that already know the language or they're in a, an area that's not a third world country or that is, you know, developed, it may not take as long as somebody who could be in that kind of a situation. Furlough is usually, 
you finish a term, and the term usually consists of, like I said, learning the language, learning the culture, winning some people to Christ, planting a church, and training a national to be able to turn that work over to. At that point, you come back from the field, report to your sporting churches, uh, and then you go back to start in a new area and start the whole process all over again. And so the furlough is the time in between turning a work over and starting a new work. Now, the thing about a furlough is this. You need a break. As a missionary, you're learning constantly. You've got people around you constantly. You've got all the issues that are going on with ministry and trying to keep yourself right with God and, and preaching and, and uh, ministering to your wife and your family, things like that. Sometimes you're going to need to just step back and take a break. Okay, Furlough is not going to be a short period of time. It's going to be several months, possibly a year. Usually it's a year, but uh, some guys have started taking shorter ones, maybe uh, six months, maybe three months, but I don't really recommend that. I think you need the longer period of time, and so I need to go ahead and start planning for it now. So what if a missionary says to you, you know, can't I just kind of schedule a vacation here on the field to give myself and my family some time away? I don't really need to come back to the U.S. for that long. What would you say to that? I say I, I'm encouraging you to take a vacation, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe um, a weekend here or there. You need that time as well, and your family needs that time. You'll be surprised they're going through the culture shock and the language shock and all of that with you, and they're having to deal with it on their terms. And so a lot of times for you as a missionary to keep your family continuity, you need to take a break. You need to just go away somewhere, maybe, like I said, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, and just regroup as a family. Just be mom and dad and the kids. And sometimes it just needs to be mom and the kids or dad and the kids or mom and dad by themselves. But you need some time uh, away from the ministry just to give yourselves a break. But as far as that taking the place of furlough, no, that, that's, not, that's not good thinking. Acts chapter 14 the Apostle Paul, after he had turned the works over and ordained elders in every city, came back and he gathered the church together and he reported to them the things that God had done. And that kind of is the basis of furlough. you got to report to your supporting churches. I know you're sending prayer letters regularly to them and they're needing to hear from you, but it's also good for them to see you. Furlough is that time when you reconnect. You can't just take a vacation and do that. Let's say that a missionary, as happens sometimes, they don't have anyone to take the ministry while they're gone. So the thought of a year-long furlough or a, a six-month or eight-month furlough is really difficult to them. What should they do? That's a good question, and I thank you for bringing that up. Number one, when you get to the field— you need to find out if there are other missionaries there that you could meet, could you get in touch with, could fellowship with, that kind of thing. You need to meet other missionaries that are on the field. Then when you plan a furlough, maybe they have a time that they could come over and do that for you, or maybe they have trained somebody in their ministry that possibly could come and take your work for the time that you're gone. And then 
even with uh, your own mission boards and sending agencies, they may have people within their organization that can come and take your work for a year while you're gone on furlough. But it's better if you can have somebody that's there, that knows the language, that knows the culture, that can not just take the work but actually keep it going at a good level while you're gone. So when you get to the field, meet these other families. They may not be close. You know, they may be an hour away, two hours away, three hours away, whatever. But get to know if there's other missionaries in your area. You need to plan this thing. You need to say, I'm going on furlough and whatever, and then you need to be able to make connections so that, you know, that that can be covered while you're gone. I have seen in my 38 years of ministry too many families who thought, I don't need to come back. I don't need to need to take a furlough. I don't need to do these kind of things. And what happens is the devil gets in there and blows their family all apart, and they're off the mission field now. They're, they're not even in church now. Their families are gone. Uh, it's just a sad situation when you do not take a furlough. I mean, we're talking about fellows who go on the field 10, 15, 20 years without taking a furlough. The devil just gets in there and, and destroys them. We know in the old days they got on a boat and they went and they never came back, and we understand that. But this is not then, okay? This is today, and things today are not like they were back then. People are lost. People need to hear the gospel. People need to get saved. But there are so many other things that come into play now that didn't come into play back then. Yes, you can find people. Don't be a lone wolf where you are. Don't try to be a maverick and just blaze your own trail. You need to find out what people are there, what missionaries are there, uh, what churches are there, and you know, be able to network with these people and communicate with them so that when you're getting ready for this furlough, you can actually have somebody to come in and take the work for you while you're gone. Let me ask you this question. What are some difficulties that missionaries should be prepared to face while on furlough? The first problem that you're going to run into is logistics. Things like getting ready to come home from the field, you've got to be able to close up your house or get somebody to come in and kind of house it for you while you're gone. That's the first one. The second one is going to be getting your family, all of your family, from where you are to America. And then when you get here, a place to live uh, while you're on furlough and also a vehicle to uh, get you around to your meetings and things like that. So the logistics of it is always a problem on furlough. Again, if you'll prepare, if you'll plan, I think this thing will not be as hard as what it could possibly be because there are um, churches that have missionary houses that they can um, make available to you. There are ministries that have vehicles that they will be glad to let you use during that time period. Um, but logistics is always going to be a problem for the missionary uh, as they're getting ready for furlough. Along those same lines, what are some good ideas or some best practices that missionaries can use to help them have a good furlough? The biggest thing is planning your furlough. You need to plan it. When you're coming back to the United States, 
plan to get all of your health checkups, all of them, dental, medical, whatever needs to be done, get them all here when you're in the States. Second thing is you need to reacquaint yourself, your family with your home church and your pastor and their congregation. You know, you have changed while you've been on the field. They have changed while you've been on the field. And so it would be good to be able to to go and reacquaint yourself with your home church, your pastor and the congregation. In fact, it wouldn't hurt to sit down and just be there in the church with them for a period of time so that your children get used to sitting under preaching other than yours. Uh, Your wife can reconnect with a lot of her friends and family and things like that. And so it's a good time to reacquaint yourself with your home church and your family and your pastor. Uh, another thing is to reacquaint yourself with your family, your mom, your dad, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. Uh, you know, you've been gone a while, and so they want to see you. And so it would be good to plan to be able to go and see your your relatives and your friends and things like that and reacquaint your family with family. It would be good if you could possibly do it and your children are old enough, you could possibly send them to camp with your church congregation. Uh, Send them to the junior camp or or teen camp or whatever, and that would give them a week away from mom and dad and just with their friends in a good environment. And mom and dad can can take a week off, and they can go somewhere special and just be a couple. Uh, and And a very important part of it is reporting to your supporting churches. You need to be able to report in Tell them what's going on. Prepare a video presentation that you can show the work and what has happened in the last term on the mission field. Uh, Be sure to put a lot of faces in there, people that have been saved and people that have been trained. And the next part of that is to create the next phase. In other words, our next term on the field, this is what we plan to do. So we're we're going to go back. We're still going to be you know doing the same thing, but we're going to be doing adding this to it. Now, if it's going to a whole new area to start a new work, then you can say that this is the next area where we're going, and this is the people, the culture, that kind of thing. We're going into that area to start a new a new work. Sometimes it just is augmenting the one that you already have. You have a church started. You may have a Christian school started. You may have a a Bible Institute started. You may have several different things going on. And so what you do is you let them know for the next term, we're planning on doing this. It's a good opportunity to let them know, hey, you know, we're going forward. Our ministry is going forward. We're going, you know, we're doing what God's called us to do. And we still need your prayers and we still need your help. We still need your support. And as they're looking at you and they're seeing and they're seeing your family and all that, they're saying, yeah, I remember you back when you were here five years ago or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And they said, man, you know, your kids have grown and man, we remember them, da, 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 da. But they reconnect that way. But then as they see the work that's been done, they realize you didn't waste your time there. You know, you were doing the work of God and you you got the ministry going, you got some things going. And so people then will say, hey, you know, we need to get behind this guy and we need to say, you know what, we're going to step up our game. We're going to pray more for them. We're going to stay in contact with them. We're going to give more to them. And so you need to do that. Uh, one of the fellows that uh, we have actually created a book it was called Our Missionary Term in the Country They Were, and it gave the dates. Like this was, you know, 2015 to 2018 or whatever it was. And it had pictures in there of 
their you know their family and then their their home there and then their church and then the people in their church and the different things that that had been done during that term on the field and so he left that with each of his supporting churches and the pastors there and that was a big hit i mean a big hit because the people in the church then they put that book in the foyer and as people came in they were able to see it and look at it and realize hey you know this guy you know is doing the job he's got he's got it going and we want to stay supporting him we want to keep praying for him we want to keep helping him with whatever he's got and as a veteran missionary you are wanted i mean people want you in their missions conferences because you're a veteran missionary you've been on the field for a while um and and a lot of times this when you're reporting to your supporting churches be a blessing to that pastor that pastor he needs some encouragement as well i mean you know be a blessing to him go in there and say pastor what can i do for you uh you know we appreciate you and your people and we don't you know you want to be two ways on this. You don't want to just be a receiver, 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 but you need to be on the other side and give. You know, maybe take the pastor to lunch or maybe just do something special for their family. Get them a gift card to their favorite place to eat or something like that. Be a blessing to your supporting pastors, you know, as you can be. Sometimes they, they're they going through it too. I mean, they face a battle just like you do on the, on the field. And um, they need some encouragement as well. So try to be a blessing and encouragement to your pastors and supporting churches out there. Wow. That's absolutely terrific, excellent information. So many things to think about, to consider. So much good advice, good ideas. Brother Stembridge, thank you so much for taking the time to share it. We greatly appreciate it. You're welcome, and God bless. Pastor Chris Wilson is the pastor of the Carson Memorial Baptist Church in North Carolina. He grew up at Carson Memorial and now serves as the pastor of the church and has for the past six years. Carson Memorial supports missions all around the world with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pastor Wilson, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, sir. Pastor, let me start off by asking you, what effect do missionaries visiting on furlough have on the church? Well, we we try our best, and I do as pastor, try to keep in contact with missionaries. And when I get prayer letters, especially by email, I like to respond to them, and I like to keep up with what they're doing. I get have several that send me updates on Sundays after their services. And I, it's exciting to us when we hear that they're coming in on furlough because we look forward to personally talking to them and getting updates on what's going on and you know we know them so well because we've been communicating with them and it's just good to have that face-to-face when they come in and it's just encouraging to us because we consider ourselves partners with them we're part of their team and so it's good to get that personal information on what's happening on the field and the answers to prayer and things like that Pastor, do you expect your missionaries to come and visit each furlough, or how often do you expect them to come through? I don't require them to come visit us when they're on furlough, because I know a lot of times when they come in, they have a lot of things they have to take care of. 
medical things and and their family and all, and sometimes even raising more support. But uh, I try to let them know when I find out that they're coming. If it's during our missions conference, we'd love for them to come and be in our missions conference. And I'd love for them to come, you know, any services, and I work with them and have them come. It doesn't matter if we've had a missionary the week before, uh, we have them in. And uh, I like to give my missionaries, you know, priority when they do come, if they can. But if not, we understand, too. Pastor, many times missionaries will list in their prayer letters that they're coming home on furlough, and then they'll just mention that churches can contact them if they want them to come. Do you normally find that this is the best way for missionaries to do it, or do you prefer missionaries to contact you directly? Well, I've had them do both, and um, I know some of them, they've sent out in their prayer letters that they were coming, and for us to let them know if we're interested, and I do, and I guess sometimes they kind of, it slips, and uh, I don't think about following up on the call, but uh, it would be good if uh, if we do express an interest in them coming, if they would just make some kind of personal contact or email or just respond, maybe give us some open dates that, that they have, but... Um, you know, I, I like to make contact with them when they come in, whether they're able to come to the church or not, whether we can work it out or not. I like to up with them, too. Is there anything that a missionary needs to remember to do or not to do when visiting a church on furlough? It's always good if they, if they have... Uh, some pictures or some kind of media they can show us. But, you know, the big thing we like to do is just, just talk with them. I like to spend time talking with them. I like for the people to hear them talk about what's happening. And, and there's really not any do's or don't do that I have. I just I just like to catch up with them and see what they're doing. And, and our church family likes to hear from them. Pastor, let me ask you just one more question. We'll finish up. With a lot of the technology that we have today, Missionaries are able to make contact in other ways, like video conferencing and sending DVDs that may not have been as common in the past. Is this a good way for a missionary to make contact with the church instead of making a visit? Or is that something that missionaries should really think about in addition to making a visit? Well, I've had a couple of missionaries that have sent me DVDs, and uh, we'll play them at the church. And, and it's amazing. It amazes me even to be able to talk to you now uh, by phone. It's just something that you didn't dream of in the past. And uh, the emails that you get, I think it's great. But it is good to have that personal visit if it can be worked out. But if not, a DVD or a phone call and emails and things like that, they're good. They're good. I think it just... Uh, just something to kind of add to um, the methods that we have now to keep in contact with our missionaries. Pastor, that is excellent information. Thank you so much for sharing it. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. Let's finish up with just a few housekeeping issues before we go. If you have any questions about the show or need to get in contact with us for any reason, you can do that via Facebook or Twitter at GoYeThere, or you can also email us at info at GoYeThere.com. We always look forward to hearing from you. In our next show, which is our final show in this rotation, we have an episode that you will not want to miss. We are talking with Dan Betlin 
the owner of Diamondback Protection Services, a company that works around the world providing security for groups that are traveling to different parts of the globe. And we're going to be talking with him about how to stay safe in unsafe areas. We hope that you'll join us.